Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Yo, so dad life. Let's go dads. Man, happy Father's Day. Good to see you guys. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're tuning in online, thanks for crashing a party and uh, hanging out with us. Uh, dads have an image problem, okay? And it's, it's not just the, uh, the jean shorts and the tube socks and the bad dad jokes. It, it actually goes beyond that. Uh, it's a culture shift. We are in a society that increasingly devalues manhood. That's just where we are right now. As gender roles begin to be blurred, the role of men, and especially dads, has become diminished. It's not politically correct anymore to celebrate manhood. Uh, we attach words to it uh, like toxic masculinity. Um, so it's, it's, not, it's not PC uh, to, to do what we're going to do today, but uh, your boy's not PC. So uh, my name's Nathan. If you're new here, this might be a little bit different. Uh, I want to celebrate uh, what, what dads are and uh, celebrate manhood. I don't really care about PC. I want to talk about what's BC. What is the biblically correct aspect of masculinity? Like according to the Bible, how should we view men, the role of fathers, the role of men, and, and masculinity in our world? But before I get to what the Bible says, there's actually a compelling cultural argument for the importance of men in the world today the importance of dads, specifically men in the homes. And uh, what, what I want to do is I want to share some stats with you. because I love stats because stats don't lie. Um, stats are based on facts, not on feelings. And there are some times in life where you just need to admit, I don't care how I feel, I need to pay attention to what's right. Like, what are the facts? Not how I feel about the facts, but what are the facts about manhood and about biblical masculinity? But even outside of the Bible, like here, the, the facts don't lie. Let me share it with you. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of runaway children come out of fatherless homes. 85% of children with behavioral disorders are from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come out of fatherless homes. 75% of adolescent chemical abuse patients currently in drug treatment centers come out of fatherless homes. 85% of youth in juvenile detention centers are from fatherless homes. Still don't think dads matter? You still don't think they're important in our culture? You think that, that men can do whatever women can do and women can do whatever men can do and there's no consequences for it? Like there's nothing riding on the line. Like culture is trying to feed that lie. But let's, let's go beyond culture. Like let's, let's focus on this room right now. Because there's obviously, if you talk to counselors and sociologists and psychologists, like it's obvious in the facts the importance of, of men in homes and in families as, as strong leaders and, and dads in their homes. But what about the church? Like what about the spiritual growth? Here's, a, here's an alarming statistic. If, if one parent in the home, if, if a mother attends church, 
there's a 34% chance that everyone else in the household will too. But if a dad attends church, there's a 93% chance that the entire household will then attend church. That kids will grow up and be worshipers of God. Another stat is that if a mother attends church, then the kid only has one out of 50 chances to grow up to be an adult worshiper. One out of every 50. But when a dad attends, it goes over 75% that the kids will grow up and be adults and will prioritize church. Dads matter. Manhood matters. Masculinity matters. Moms, I love you. But when it comes to the spiritual vitality and direction of our homes, dads have an overwhelming responsibility and an overwhelming disproportionate advantage in what the family ends up doing as a result of the moves of the dad. Turn the TV on and our world is going to portray men and dads in particular as immature, clueless beer guts with no connection whatsoever to their kids. And if it weren't for their strong, leading wives, they would be completely lost, even in their own home. That's what culture defines as a man. But I want to look at what the Bible says. I want to look at how God defines you and gives you your identity as a man, and specifically as a father in Scripture, I want to remind you of how important your role actually is. And it doesn't take long in the Scriptures, in the Old Testament, for God to get right down to what the role of a man is, what the role of a father is, and the importance and the significance that they play. If you have your Bible, let's do Deuteronomy. And in the first five books of the Bible, just the first couple of pages, God begins to unfold this significance and importance of masculinity in Scripture. And and all the notes are in the app if you want to pull up the Revo app or the, the notes will be on the screen as well. But in, in chapter 5 of Deuteronomy, we, we see it in verse 29. We begin to introduce by Moses as he's speaking to the followers of God. He begins to lay some, some groundwork for us this morning. In verse 29 he says, Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all of my commands always so that it might go well with them and their children forever. So this, he tells the men, this, he says, go t- tell your families, go tell them to return to their tents. But you, the men, the fathers in the room, you stay here with me so that I might give you all of the commands, the decrees and laws that you are to teach them. You as men are to teach these things to your families. Teach them to follow me in the land that I'm giving you to possess. So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Moses introduces it for us, and I want to give you, today I want to give you three characteristics. If you want to know what biblical masculinity looks like, if you want to know what a, a biblical dad, a godly father looks like, we can, we can see it right here in the text. The first one that I want to write you, uh, get you to write down, jot it down, great dads, godly dads leave a legacy. You need to understand that, dads, you are leaving a legacy with your family for generations to come. Moses describes that here. You know, when a couple gets pregnant, uh, the natural question uh, that, that you want to ask is, is it going to be a girl or a boy? 
uh, right? And, you know, you wait a couple of months and they, they can do the ultrasound and you can tell. And, and I think, I think uh, for, for, for dudes in particular, there's this little thing inside of all of men that, like, if you were to ask us, like, really deep down, uh, do you want to have a girl or a boy? I think there's a, a portion of all dudes that would say, we want to have a boy. Because there's just something built into us that God gave and, and built in, knit into our hearts and souls that we want to leave a legacy. Right? We, we, want, we want a boy to carry on the family name. We want a little boy to teach how to, how to play sports and how to be a man and how to treat and serve women right and, and how to operate in society. Like That's just what we want to do. And, and so if you were to ask me uh, or ask normal guys, like, what, what do you, would you like to have a son? Of course, because it's knit into us that we want to leave a legacy beyond us, we do that. And that's probably what I would have said uh, because I grew up in a home of two boys. It was me and my older brother, and I had an awesome childhood. And I, like, I was like, it, it can't get any better than this right here. Like, got a built-in playmate with an older brother, and we stuck up for each other and shared everything and sports and had a, had a great upbringing. So that was me. I was like, I want to have two kids. I want both of them to be boys, and they're going to be just like my brother and I, and, and it's going to be a blast. And I thought that until Elizabeth got pregnant and our first child was a daughter, Leah. And as soon as I saw Leah, that was all she wrote right there. Like, it, it was 100% girl dad. Like, I don't even like boys. Uh, I, didn't, I never wanted to have a boy. Boys are nasty and they stink. But girls, woo, girls are sweet. Girls are beautiful. Girls are perfect, except for the fact that they're sinners too. But they are perfect. Man, pink bows and purple and princesses and fingernail polishing. Like, I was all in. So bad uh, that the second time Elizabeth got pregnant, uh, you know, people would ask, all right, Nathan, so, like, what do you want to have? And I know the right answer. I know the answer is, well, I don't really care as long as they're healthy. That's all that matters. And whoever says that's lying to you because they got a preference. I would tell people, I'd say, the second one better be a girl. Like, I'm going to be upset if it's a boy because, like, it, 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 it's been so much fun having a daughter already that I was just on team girl. And so I've had to learn how a dad leaves a legacy to daughters, not just sons, but it's still there. Like God created that in us, this desire that whatever we know, we're going to pass on and we're going to leave something. Even after we're gone, we're going to leave a legacy on our family. I don't, I don't know. There's just something about dads that like they, they want to they wanna leave something. In fact, I still do this to my dad a lot. If I've got questions, my dad is who I call. Like if my car is making a weird noise, like I'm going to call my dad. If I got a big financial decision, call dad. He, he knows. He, he'll help. If I got a relationship thing or a pastoring thing, like, hey, call dad. If your sink is clogged in your house and you can't get it to drain and you've tried everything and you've poured all kinds of chemicals down there and it won't fit, call dad. He'll, he'll figure it out. If you can't get your lawnmower to start, Call dad. That's what dad did. Like, I don't know. There's just something about dads that are like, yeah, I want to help you. Like, I, I want to pass that on. There's a piece of me that I want to instill and leave in my family. And Moses talks about that here. He says, man, God created that in you in purpose. And it's not just to, to talk about what you know about the stock market and about managing money and about treating your wife and raising a family and how to do home repairs. There's a spiritual nature of it as well. Like you're supposed to leave a, a spiritual legacy to your kids and pass that, that on to them. These verses are clear that the actions that dads take today 
are going to have ramifications for generations to come. I need you to get that, dads. The decisions that you're making, the things that you're doing, the way you spend your time and your energy and your efforts and your finances, all of that is bigger than you. It has an effect on your family. It has an effect on kids that will then impact their kids, that will impact their kids. Listen to what Scripture says. Moses says, you need to obey. Dads, fathers, you need to obey God and follow Him. And he says, so that it may go well with you and your children forever. I mean, Moses is unapologetic about it. He says, hey dads, your ability and willingness to listen to God and do what He says is going to make your kid's life easier or it will make your kid's life significantly harder. You can do money God's way and honor God with your finances and leave a financial legacy, or you can spend all that you have and go into debt and leave your whole family broke. It's your choice. You can choose to be a man of high character and integrity and and live that life so that you have strong reputation, Or you can do a bunch of dumb stuff that you're not supposed to do and your kids will be left picking up the pieces for generations to come. Either way, you're leaving a legacy. The question is not, am I leaving a legacy? The question is, what legacy are you leaving? One that your kids will look back on and be embarrassed about and have to make excuses for? Or a legacy where they'll be able to elevate their father and say, you know what, my dad was a man of character and integrity. My dad loved the Lord with all his heart, mind, and strength. My dad did the right thing, and he always made sure that we knew the difference between right and wrong and gave us everything that we needed to succeed in life. Which legacy will you leave? Moses, in a few other verses, he says, If you do this, if you obey my commands and follow God, you will live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you possess. I mean, he literally says, Hey, if you want your kids to have good days ahead of them, then learn how to honor God in your life right now. If you want your kids to have tough days ahead of them, then do whatever you want to do and make God an outside part of your life. Choice is yours. Every one of us is going to leave a legacy. He keeps going in verse 1 of the next chapter. These are the commands, the decrees, and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that you your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Here, hey, listen to me, Israel. Listen to me and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. I mean, he outlines it. He says, if you're a father that chooses to obey and follow God, then you're setting your family up for a long life that they can actually enjoy, that they can actually walk in the benefits of your faithfulness to God instead of having to deal with the negative consequences of a dad that doesn't care about God and doesn't want to lead his family, that isn't thinking through the legacy that he's actually going to leave. Dads, how you live today will have a generational impact. The Bible says your kids and their kids will be impacted by the things that you're doing. 
got a much bigger implication for how all this shakes out based on what you choose to do and how you choose to lead, how you choose to carry yourself in your home. Every single man and father in this room is leaving a legacy. So I want to challenge you. What are you leaving for the next generation? How will you be remembered? Are you setting your family up for success? Or are you setting them up for failure? The keys are right there in Scripture. The stakes are so high with what you are building inside your home right now as a man. Verse 5, we see the second thing that you want to know what, it, what it's like to be a godly, a great father in Scripture. Verse 5, he just lays it out straight. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Second thing, jot this down. Great dads love God wholeheartedly. You want to be a godly dad? You want to be a great dad? Great dads love God wholeheartedly. Scripture says, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Not some, not part-time God lover, not when it's good, or not when it's bad, but all the time. Love God wholeheartedly. Every aspect of who you are, your thoughts, your emotions, your life, your time, your finances, all of that, everything is driving to the same fact that God is a priority in your life. That's what godly men do. Love with, I love that he breaks it down. He says, I want you to love, but, but listen to me, I want you to love with all of your heart as a dad. And scripture talks about the sincerity behind everything that you do. Dads, I'm going to tell you something that you probably already know. Your kids have known this for a long time. Your kids know when you're faking it. They know when you're saying stuff that you don't mean. They know when you're doing stuff that you don't want to do. Like they see it. You don't have to, you can tell them I love this or I want to do this or this is a priority for me. But if your actions don't line up with it, then they know. You know what your kids want? They want to know their dad's sincere. They want to know when dad says something that dad believes it. And when dad says it's a priority, they want to know that you love God, not because you said you love God, but because you love God with such sincerity of heart that they can tell my dad loves God with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength. And they can see through you being fake. They can see it when you don't have your heart into it. So Moses challenges, he says, hey man, I want you to love with sincerity of heart, all of your heart, because your kids will be able to tell what really matters to you. Your kids will be able to tell where your heart really is. And if you're faking it till you make it, or if you really are dedicated to this, if you really are trying to be a man of character, because you can't pass on to your kids what you don't already possess. So Moses said, if you want your kids to have a love for God with all their strength and all their heart and all their mind and soul, then they need a dad who loves God with all his heart and with all his strength and with all his soul. What legacy are you leaving and are you loving God wholeheartedly? Here's the insignificance behind those words, all, all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Moses here is talking about priority. And whatever your top priority is, is what you're going to pursue the hardest. Whatever your top priority is in life is what you're going to pursue the hardest. It's what you're going to spend the most amount of time on, the most amount of energy on, the most amount of money on. It's what you're going to care about the most. So what is your top priority? Because everyone can see it. You can't fake it. You won't be able to put on a front. Your family will be able to know what does dad love with all his heart and all his soul 
and all his strength. What is dad's top priority? And Moses challenges the men that he's standing in front of. I need for you guys to love God, top priority. All your heart, all your strength, and all your soul. Last two verses here in 6 and 7, he says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk around the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Third, third thing and last thing I want to leave you with this is great dads uh, live intentionally. If you want to be a great dad, if you want to be a godly dad, it's going to take some intentionality. You will never accidentally become a godly dad. You will never just accidentally stumble into or wander into being a great dad. It takes intentionality. I, I like to view uh, dads in, in two, different, two different ways. Like Dads approach their role as parents, and you can either approach it as getting on a cruise ship or getting on a roller coaster. Sometimes parenting can feel like a roller coaster. And here's how a roller coaster plays out. You get on, you strap in, and you hold on for dear life. And sometimes a roller coaster is fun, and sometimes it's scary, and sometimes you're upside down, and, and sometimes you're nervous, and sometimes you're ready for it to be over, and sometimes you get thrown off on different surprises. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's fast. But the goal of a roller coaster is just to hang on and not throw up. It's to hang on and get to the end of your ride and hopefully your kids turn 18 or 21 years old and the goal is for you to hang on and not throw up and for you to look in the car beside you once they turn 18 or 21, whenever they move out and they still be there. Like that's the goal. The problem with a, a roller coaster is everything's reactive. Uh, when, the, when the ride drops, everyone screams. Like when, when, the, when the ride takes a, a turn or goes upside down, people panic. It's all depending on what the ride does. Parenting, though, being a, an intentional dad is not being about reactive, it's about being proactive. And that's what it means to go on a cruise ship. See, steering a ship takes planning. You go on a cruise ship, you know exactly where you're going. You know exactly how long it's going to take to get there. You know when you're eating your meals. Uh, you know what the weather's going to be. You know the schedule. Every, like, like school, uh, uh, cruise ships are so scheduled when you're sailing a ship, you take every little detail, every little hour is planned out before you leave. Every excursion, how you're going to get on, how you're going to get off, how many people are going to be there. Everything, the tides and other boats in the area, everything is planned. And that's the proactive nature of a dad. He's like, hey, I know what I got to do. I know what culture, I know what winds of culture are coming. I know where the tides of change are coming. I know where we want to be, where we want to go, how long we're going to stay there, what we want to accomplish. The big difference in a roller coaster in a cruise ship. And so Moses says, you got to live intentionally, man. You got to put some effort into this life as a dad. If you're going to lead your family well, you will never stumble into a relationship with Jesus. Your kids won't just wake up one day loving God. It takes intentionality and, and that father figure in their life to help them to understand what that means. So dads, be engaged, man. Be, being a dad is not a passive sport. Like this is, this is tackle football right here, being a dad. You've got to get in the game. You are not a spectator. You are in it with them, in the trenches with your kids, leading well, being the leader that they are searching and looking for. It takes uh, intentionality. Let me just take a side note because there's this, there's this 
common thread, this uh, popular opinion in parenting. I'm no parenting expert. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Um, but there's this popular parenting opinion um, that it's, I call it like free-range parenting, cage-free parenting. Um, like, I just want my kid to be able to choose whatever path they want in life, whatever they want to think, whatever they want to believe, whatever they want to do. It's like, just choose your own adventure. Who am I to, to parent my kids? I'll give you a heads up, man. If you don't parent your kids, somebody else will. They're not going to choose their own path. Somebody is going to tell them where to go. Either their friends at school are going to tell them what the difference between right and wrong is and what they should do and what they should believe and how they should talk and where they should go and where they should put their faith in. Or culture is going to parent your kids. Somebody's going to parent your kids. If I were you and you were their parent, I'd parent them because you're their parent. But this is not choose your own adventure for your kids. That's a great way for them to wreck their life. And so step in and live with intentionality. Don't let it just happen by happenstance and just like, well, just go, just spread your wings, beautiful butterfly. No. That's a good way for them to wreck their life. Step up and be a parent. Step up and lead. They're looking for it. If you don't, somebody else will. And so it takes intentionality to do that as a dad. It's a contact sport. Parenting is a, is a contact sport. Abraham Lincoln said this, um, commitment is what transforms a promise into reality. That's what you need as a parent. So if you ask me, like, so how do you be intentional, Nathan? Like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be an intentional dad and a parent in your home? That's the first thing it takes is commitment. Like, you're going to make the commitment. I'm going to lead my family in a godly way. I'm going to show my kids who Jesus is. I'm going to teach them what the Bible says. Like, it's going to take a commitment. Like, today, saying, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to commit to be a good dad. I'm going to commit to be a godly father in my life. The space between the life that you have right now and the life that you want for your family, the only way to get from point A to point B is commitment. Just commit that you're going to do it. This is how we're going to rule our, our lives. This is how we're going to run our family. This is how I'm going to parent my son or my daughter. Vince Lombardi, great football coach, said this, Most people fail not because of a lack of desire, but because of a lack of commitment. I've never met a young dad who, who's holding their newborn baby in their arms and, and said, hey, do you want to fail? And they say, I sure do. Man, I hope I ruin this thing. I hope I make a bunch of terrible decisions and I make life hard for this sweet little baby. No, the desire is always there. What lacks is the commitment. Oh, I want to do the right thing. Well, then commit to do it. I, I want to be there. Well, commit to show up. I want to provide what I need. All right, well, then just make your decision. Are you going to do it or not? So if you're going to be conventional, intentional in your life, commit to it. Commit to it. The other thing the scriptures say is uh, if, you, if you're going to be intentional in your kid's life as a dad, uh, you've got to be consistent. I, I love how the scriptures just break it down. He says, here's, here's what you're going to do. You're going you're to talk with them, and you're going to walk with them, and you're going to be with them. And then at night, you're going to be with them when they lie down. And then in the morning, you're going to be them with their get up. Like, it's, it's a constant thing. Consistently, you are modeling this male leadership in front of them. You're modeling this godly masculinity in, in front of them. You're, you're talking with them, just constantly bringing up. It takes consistency. Success doesn't come from what you do occasionally. Success comes from what you do consistently. 
So if you want to be a great dad that has a, a great family that's following and loving Jesus, it's not going to happen on one hit. It's going to take consistency. So get after it. Commit to it and be consistent with it. The last thing, I think this may be the biggest thing, the biggest struggle with a lot of dads when I say, hey, you need to be intentional with your family about Jesus and about pointing them towards God and providing great leadership for them. The last one is we have to learn how to make that leadership conversational. I think a lot of dads uh, don't, don't know how to bring up the subject of God with their kids. And it, it, like, it's gonna, either going to be really weird or what if they ask a question that I don't know the answer to? Uh, and so like, we don't have a game plan to how to make God a part of our conversation in our life. And it's like our, our kids, like, they come downstairs like, all right, here's the game plan. When they come downstairs and they say good morning, and I'm like, well, praise God, according to Psalm 100 verse 3, we are to enter his gates with thanksgiving. Like, don't make it weird, okay? Like, just calm down. <laughs> make it conversational. Like, when you're sitting there, Scripture says when you're, when you're sitting in your home, when you're sitting with them, like, you're around the TV, and, and you're watching TV, and your kids know what's going on in the world. They know what's going on in culture. You know, they've, they've heard things about war in Ukraine, and, and the, the Supreme Court decision, and abortion, and gender, and sexuality. They hear about it all the time. So just make it conversational. Hey, what do you think about this? I know you probably saw it on the news, or you heard it on social media. What do you think about this? What do you think God thinks about that? Do you think the Bible has anything to say about what's going on? And just initiate the conversation. Don't be weird about it. Like, you don't have to pull a track out. Just have a conversation. Like, just be normal with them. Let, let it be conversational in, in nature. Here's what dads do. We steer the conversation to the spiritual. No matter what we're talking about, we can connect it to the spiritual. I, I love this one. Uh, Moses says, when you walk along the road... There's a, a certain stage in parenting that you reach where you feel like you're an Uber driver, and that's, that's all you do. Like, I'm just taking the kids to school, and I'm picking them up to school, and I'm taking the soccer practice, and then I'm picking them up, and then I'm taking them to the pool, and all I do is Uber drive. That's all I'm doing is running errands with my kids. And a lot of moms or dads will complain about that. Why don't we flip the script and say, what if that was a great opportunity for you to have a conversation? What if that's what Moses was talking about when he said, when you're walking along the road? I mean, think about it. Your kids are in the car for 25 minutes strapped into a seatbelt. They can't go anywhere. They have no choice but to listen to you. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. They can't leave. They can't jump out the window. If you want to go the long way to school, take the long route. Be like, I feel like talking some more. We're going to cut the block again. That's your opportunity. Instead of bemoaning the fact that you have to take your kids to soccer practice, why don't you say, there's a 25-minute window where I can talk to my kids about life and things that matter. And I can point them towards Jesus and turn the radio on and listen to lyrics. and let, Hey, what do you think about those lyrics? What do you think they meant by that? You think that's good or bad? What does the Bible say about that? What would God think about that? What do you think about that? Just initiating the conversation and teaching them how to talk. Just letting it be natural and, and conversational. See, as dads, we are door holders. We are map bearers. We are culture shapers. Like we're teaching our kids, hey, go this way. I, I love that, that in, at the end of chapter 9, uh, Moses said, you're going to chart the path. Don't let your kids go off to the right or to the left. You're charting the path and they're walking right behind you. Hey, just follow dad. Dad knows where he's going. Dad knows what's right and wrong. Dad would never lead us to a place where we get hurt. Dad loves God wholeheartedly, all his heart, all his mind, all his soul, all his strength, so we can trust him. Moses said, you chart the path. You, you cut the, the path in the woods so that your kids can have it easier.
so that your kids will know the difference between right and wrong. Here's a quick resource I want to leave uh, with you. Uh, if you have your phone, take it out. Write this down. This is so good. Um, gotquestions.org. Gotquestions.org. If you're a dad, you need to bookmark that on your phone. Uh, it's got almost 700,000 questions about Jesus, God, the Bible, uh, what happens when, when evil wins in the world, why does God allow bad things to happen, death. I mean, every possible scenario, 700,000 questions that were answered by people that love Jesus and are pointing people back to the Bible. There is no excuse for you not to have a conversation because you're afraid you don't know enough. Google it, bro. Like just say, if your kid, in fact, if your kid asks you something, there's some dads in here that like, we don't want to admit that there's something we don't know. Like it, it knocks on our pride and we think our kids believe that we know everything. It might actually be good for your kids to see some humility. And for you to say, you know what? Dad doesn't know the answer to that question, but I like that question and I want to know it. And so I'll, let's look it up on GodQuestions.org. Oh, here's what the Bible says. Yes, wow, that, that's, a good, that's a good answer right there. And they see a dad that's humble enough to admit that he doesn't know something and hungry enough to still want to pursue the answer. Man, what a great example. Whether you're on the road or at the house, saying your prayers with them at night or getting up in the morning with them, there's so many opportunities for us. But dads, you got to be present to win. You got to be here to win. You got to have the presence in their life to do that. Dad, you matter. You matter, man. Your role matters. Uh, your speech and your actions and your influence matters. Your wisdom matters. So be intentional. Live with intention. Today is June 19th, 2022. It's Father's Day. You will never have another Father's Day in 2022. This is it. You got one lunch to spend with your kids today, you got one dinner. You got one prayer to say with them before they go to bed at night. That's it. You will never have today again. You better live it like it matters. You better live with some intentionality because you do not know how many more days you have. And the seasons come and go so quickly. And you'll look back, and I don't want you to look back on seasons with regret and say, I wish I would have done things differently. I wish I'd have done more. I, I wish I would have capitalized. Live with intentionality now. Love God wholeheartedly. Tell them I'll call them back. It's not about perfection. It's about the process, right? They're not expecting you to be perfect. They just want to see you move forward. They just want to see the process that's involved. Leave a spiritual legacy. Every one of you is leaving something for your kids to follow along. What are you leaving for them? Are you leaving baggage that they are going to have to spend years unpacking? Or are you helping them pack their luggage to prepare them for the life that God has called and created them for. It's your choice, your call. Let's leave a legacy. Love God wholeheartedly and live with intentionality and be great godly men in a world that is absolutely confused of what biblical manhood and masculinity means and why it matters. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for this example in scripture. Just, just clear. Uh, straight to it, helping us as dads, helping us as men to understand the significance and the importance, the influence that we have in our families. God, help us to have a generational mindset. Help us to understand 
that the decisions that we're making today will have ripple effects for generations to come. Help us to be men of courage and conviction. Help us to be men that are committed, that know how to carry on a conversation about your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness of of what you did as a good father to show us how much you love us by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. God, help us to be fluid in all of those things. And God, when we need grace, thank you for it. The times where we messed up, the years and the opportunities that we've wasted, God, you can still redeem it. So help us to have the wisdom to know what to do with the words that we have just heard and the boldness to act on it today. Pray and ask those things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.